looks, has time to throw, there's it out deep, way downfield, throw by Dallas, he's going to score, he's going to score, touchdown Purdue, Seth Morales, Seth Morales, there are no flags, the Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike, unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again, they back out of the blitz, toss it downfield, caught by Stubblefield, goodbye, Tanner Stubblefield, beat Dwight Ellis. Is into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey. The other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. What's going on, Boiler Nation? We're back for another brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown. Full crew tonight, Tanner Lee, Andrew Eiler, and Evan Webb. What's going on, fellas? We're back. Full full, full house. Feels good. We're back. Full house. 2-0. Playing the Irish this week for the first time in seven years, which we'll get into pretty heavily. I think Andrew's frozen. On the I think floor. so, too. Yep. Hot start. <laughs> Hot start. Like, it looks like he's frozen for all the, all the <laughs> video viewers here. But, uh, yeah, the Boilers last week took care of business in UConn like we were hoping. They only won by 49. <laughs> 49 and nothing. So they covered the 35-point spread. Uh, man. Good teams win, great teams cover. Isn't that what the old saying goes? Absolutely. Uh, I don't remember the last time. I could just coast through a Purdue game in the second half and not worry about anything. Yeah. I. What was the last time we shut out a team, period? We did. In 2012, we shut out uh, Southeast Missouri State, I believe. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Um, you said 2012? Yeah. While we were students. Hmm. Or 2011, possibly. It was one of those two years. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, we they are what we thought they were in terms of the fact that they were uh, really absolute garbage. Really, really, really bad. I mean, obviously, we heard you know going into it that they're going to be bad, and everyone was kind of like, you know, like no need to be nervous. But it was like, I mean, you never know because it was everything was kind of playing, you know, the bad luck that we always have as Purdue in terms of a interim coach first game. You know, they're playing a backup QB, and usually that spells trouble. But my God, they were not a good team at all. I don't think their defensive backs can cover high school teams. <laughs> if it had our, let's say our second string played, do you think they still would have, if our, if our second string played the entire game, do you think they would have still, you think they would have scored at all? Or Yeah, I think they would have scored. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but I that was one, no, but. That, that was one thing that was nice. Our second string guys, even some third string guys, they played pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they just came in and played. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, and they looked comfortable out there. I, I like seeing that because it's going to give them some confidence. And mm-hmm. we all know that Purdue needs depth in, in a few positions. So it's nice to see those guys come in and, and, and know what's going on. Welcome back, Andrew. What great timing that was. <laughs> Freaking AT&T. 
<laughs> hey, you're back. That's all that matters. Uh, Andrew, did you have any thoughts on, on Saturday's game against UConn? I was pretty nervous like six minutes into the game when UConn moved the ball fairly well and stalled out, and then Purdue goes three and out, losing a yard, and I was like, oh, crap. Here we go. But, uh, no, after that, it was it was three and out, then seven straight scoring yeah. drives. So yeah. Then it was fine. And then they moved – it seemed like UConn moved the ball a little bit. They got a couple of first downs, it seems like, every series, but then kind of stalled around midfield the first quarter. And then after that, there was really not a whole lot going on for them. I mean, I mean David Bell did David Bell things. It's just, I, it's just yeah. laughable at this point sometimes. <laughs> Did he have like like the I, I couldn't remember him having like a like the run after the catch like that ever before. Not you know, like he that. Some, he, he showed some athleticism, which is something yeah. that's kind of kind of been a knock of his. Is you know, he's a great route runner, you know, awesome hands, but he just didn't have the athleticism that you know some of the no, elite guys that, have. But but that I mean, granted, it was against UConn, so it was kind of hard to say. You know, maybe we'll see. You know, maybe if he does it again against Notre Dame this weekend, it'll be a little different. But he's I feel like he's gotten a little more athletic in the last year which is pretty sweet. Um, I mean, he led the team in rushing and average yards, one rush for 26 <laughs> yards, so a 26-yard average. I, I'm going to give a hot take here, and I know it's not. I'm not the only person with this hot take. I know Brian Newbert even said this himself. I want to see what you guys think. I think he's the best wide receiver in the history of Purdue football. I mean, at first my thought is no, because I'm just like, man, we've had, so, we've had some pretty awesome receivers. I'm like, I mean, we haven't had like – amazing receivers either so we, i think we've had good quarterbacks that make other guys look good i mean obviously yeah. rondale more but i feel like we're just kind of basing him off one year because he really didn't do much you know yeah he did some things in the first couple of games of 2019 before he got hurt and then last year was i don't even really remember anything he did last year just because it was such a bizarre year <clears throat> and i didn't even think like so besides those two who would be who would be your guys's number one i mean like, i mean stubblefield Stubblefield and Standerford, but yeah. I feel like David Bell and Rondell are just on another level because they're yeah. that much more athletic and are going to go – Rondell's into pros, of course, and David's going to be a future pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stanford and Stubblefield were all-American wide receivers, but they were just that. They were really good college wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I just think – I mean, you know, granted, we have at least 10 more games to watch David Bell this year as long as he stays healthy – I mean, if he keeps us up, it's hard to argue that he's not yeah, the best in school history. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at first, I said my first initial th- thought is no, just because, you know, you know, last year was such a weird year. So it didn't, didn't I mean, obviously he put up some stats, but obviously his freshman year was awesome. But yeah, I think, yeah, by the end of the year, I might be agreeing with you just because I like to see a full, another full year of work from him. I mean, when I'm just sorry, I'm just looking at, I just pulled up. Uh, mm-hmm. Career receiving yards. I didn't realize this for the Big Ten. Did you know Purdue is one, two, three? No. Receiving. What, what, what was the stat? Receiving Big Ten receiving yards. Goes okay. Stanford career from. I think it's career receiving yards. Stanford thirty-seven, three thousand seven eighty-eight. Stubblefield thirty-six twenty-nine. Guess on number Ooh. three. So is this Big Ten only games? I have no idea. It must be. Didn't Stubblefield have some record of like most? I, th- I thought he passed Stanford for yards. I just did a quick Google, and it's Big Ten Conference career receiving yards leaders. I, th- I, thought, uh, so, I, thought, I thought Stubblefield had like a like a national record that got broken a couple of years ago, I thought. Is number three like Brian Alford? Dorian Bryant. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I always forget about Dorian. Yeah. Alford, Alford is 13. Okay. Yeah, interesting. 
Yeah. But it's uh, how big yeah. was Stubblefield? I mean, Dorian was obviously a small guy, and Santafer was had some size. But so that's what's kind of hard. It's like I remember those guys putting up. I remember being them really good, but I don't remember obviously other than Stable Stubblefield's like ninety-seven yard touchdown at Notre Dame, which I'm sure we'll talk about. <laughs> um, I don't remember that much of their play other than it's like I knew they were really good because like right. so Stanford we were ten years old, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Stubblefield I, I, we were a little older, but. Like going back and watching highlights of those older games, I do that on occasion if I'm really bored. And not only was Kyle Orton just a freaking beast in college, but uh, those guys were so reliable on like third third down. They'd run curl routes, catch it like every single time. It's like, man, like if we only knew we weren't going to have that for the next 18 years, right? <laughs> enjoy it a little more. What does Tanner? What does your dad think in terms of like the whole David Bell best receiver? He, I remember him telling me late last year he thought he was better than Rondell. Okay. Um, so I haven't asked him. I, I'd be curious to ask. Actually, I'll, I'll text him right now. Yes, I said I know what the what Big Eric Lee thinks in terms of who he thinks might be the best receiver. I know he's watched a I, lot of. I will text him right now. Football. See if he gets back with me. I mean, looking at the stats, I mean, again, only a lot of it was you know first half I mean David Bell first half and one half of play had six yard or six receptions for 121 yards and three touchdowns and one of them was 59 yards. <laughs> oh my god. His <laughs> well the 50 in the 50 yard yard one was the ridiculous one where I mean yeah. like was that was that his, the the swing pass that he took the whole way or was that the uh I think so yeah but, his uh, longest it was like a his, 10 yard out. Yeah, his longest reception was 59 yards, and that's more yards than any other receiver had in the day. Because Payne Durham is second with 54 on four receptions. Yeah, because Payne only played the first half really too, right. and then Plummer, and then I don't think Belden played the second half either. And then they they really As spread they around. Have. No, right. But I think I think what they said, I think what Brian had on Golden Black was that there were 13 Pete players that caught a pass on Saturday. I think Purdue only mm-hmm. had 12 total last season that caught a pass. That's wild. Uh, Caleb Gerald here on Periscope saying the last shutout before 2011 was the 04 opening game against Syracuse. Yeah, it was like 59 nothing. 51 nothing on nothing, us. Yeah. It was on a, the Sunday, Sunday yeah. Labor Day weekend on ABC. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that game. I remember that game. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good times. Um, yeah, the only bad thing coming out of Saturday was Xander Horvath's injury. Broke his fibula out four to eight weeks, probably more towards the eight weeks than the four weeks. Um, Why do you think that, Tan? Brom said Brom, Brom said it went with successful surgery. He's going to I, South Bend. I know. I just yeah. – being a running back with a broken leg trying to come back sounds awful. But that's me. That's not Xander talking. So that's me. Xander's like – Tough as tough can be, and I'm as like soft as soft can be. So, <laughs> Andrew, what did uh, your wife say? The doctor for the yeah, yeah. Andrew, I was a doctor, uh, actual doctor. What did she think? She said six weeks is pretty standard for broken bones. So, all right, he's back in four. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's super human. <laughs> that, that's what was so I was so bummed out because I really wanted to see him just like, I mean, he wears number forty. I wanted to see him just go absolute all stop on people, and we didn't. So you thought if anybody was going to do it, so, any I game mean, was going to be this game, and he didn't even get a chance. Mishawaka boys there's, too. Yeah. So there's a lot of so I didn't so I mean if it it is six weeks, I mean that because we've got the buy in there. I mean he'd miss this game, Illinois, Minnesota, five weeks would be coming back in Iowa, which would be in that time frame. So I don't know who's after Iowa. I mean is that after Iowa? So I mean, Wisconsin. 
so there's still be the second half of the season. So it's not like he's missing all but two games right. or something. I mean, there seems right. like there's still a good amount left that he could contribute in the back half of the Big Ten season and get Purdue. But right. I mean, the bucket game. I mean, definitely come back. He can run. He can run all over IU and get the bucket back. That would be nice. I'd be able to run over Ohio State. I'm not going to do that. It's maybe Ohio State. Ohio State couldn't contain the run at all. Hey, Oregon ran all over Ohio State the other day. So hey, Minnesota did too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was fun to watch. Basically, um, what I'm saying is we're not losing. Is what I'm saying. But the the one guy Saturday that caught my attention is Marshawn Rice. Mm-hmm. He might only have two catches, but man, I thought he looked good. He is big. Yeah, he is. He looks big out there. Yeah. I hope that's what I, I, I like. I mean, obviously, David Bell is really freaking good, but I feel like Jack clearly looks for Payne Durham and David Bell. I mean, then he's like Jackson Anthrop as his definite safety, but Brock like Milton Wright. Brock yeah. Cops is coming along a little bit. There's so many options, and that's what – like so O'Connell came in and he spread it around. I don't know if Bell was playing at that point, but O'Connell hit like everybody. Yeah, Aiden looked sharp. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that he was playing against UConn, but he looked really sharp, I thought, so mm-hmm. um, which is good. And then Burton got some reps, and even Alimo got some reps. So, yeah. Oh, good, Burton, good, five for five. Good day for the Boilers overall. I mean, they did what they needed to do, took care of business, and did it easily. So um, that's about all I got to say about that, unless you guys got anything else. The only thing UConn's, uh, UConn's leading rusher was their quarterback. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't know. I would, the, the next. So sorry to cut you off, Andrew. The, the no, next time good. the Boilers play them is 2025. I don't think they'll be. One? I don't think they'll be FBS because you have to average 15,000 per home game at least. I don't think they'll get that this year. No, so I, I think uh, uh, that stadium. They're, they're that stadium looked pitiful. pitiful <laughs> yep. like worse. Worse than Hazel years, empty and that, and that's against Purdue. I mean, there's some yeah. of these other schools aren't that's the level Purdue is that they'll be playing. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't know who they play left. They're independents, so yeah, because they because yeah. the Big East doesn't have football. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, they play Army this week. That won't draw. <laughs> Wyoming, Vanderbilt, UMass, Yale, Little Tennessee State. Cle- oh God, they play Clemson. <laughs> they play oh, my, Clemson. oh my God. <laughs> Oh, they could put a hundred on them if they want to, <laughs> easily, like in three quarters. And it's they stick. I mean, Purdue held them to zero, so let's see how much I mean, they can score on. Clemson. I think we could have put eighty on them if we wanted to. Because you know, Dab was going to play. He's going to going to want to prove something because they've already lost the game. Yeah, so you're just, right. They're going to try and two hundred. Uh, yeah, November thirteenth. They're just going to win. Yeah, hundred. They, oh they might go God. for two hundred. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only other you, thing, I think you guys gonna have a, gun, like a, a widespread case of COVID that week. Yeah, if, giants, if giants, help us, God. I mean, will UConn have a team by then? I mean, that's two months away. Like UConn might quit by then. They're gonna be grabbing students on campus. You're in. You're in. Uh, literally, be the replacements. The only other, only other thing I'll add is it was kind of nice to see. It seemed like the offensive line really dominated in the second half, even with the backups. Uh, I, I didn't remember it as much the first half, but I know the second half it was just like, man, like the offensive line actually looked like a Big Ten offensive line should. I know, again, like we've said, we've prefaced <laughs> it, UConn is not very good, but still, Purdue in the last few years, Purdue's offensive line hasn't done that to anybody, right. FBS, SCS included. And I thought the two sacks that we did allow the first series, I thought Jack hung on to the ball too long on both of them. Oh, the first two so, series, he was so slow yeah. with it. or Yeah. Yeah. 
So he can't can't do that this Saturday. That is Notre Dame's strength as their defensive line. They've got to the quarterback ten times through two games. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. But they've it's also Notre given Dame. up. They've also given up ten sacks in two games. So. Their offensive line's not very good this year because they've lost most of them to the pros last year. So it is Notre Dame week for the first time since 2014. It's been seven years since uh, these two rivals have got together. A couple series notes here. Um, they, they faced each other for 69 years prior to that. It was from 1946 through 2014. Notre Dame leads the all-time series 58 games to 26-2, to and they're 30-11 and in games played in South Bend. There was a streak from 1950 to 1968 that Purdue won seven to ten games played up in South Bend. But since then, Notre Dame's dominated the games in South Bend, winning 19 of the last 21. Um, the last game up there between the two schools was 2012. Uh, Notre Dame was ranked 22nd. They made a last-second field goal to beat Purdue 20-17. to uh, Boilermakers' last two victories at Notre Dame were 1974 and 2004. But one interesting thing to note is Purdue's uh, total 26 wins against Notre Dame's third most ever behind USC's 37 and Michigan State's 28. Michigan State, wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because they played so, Michigan State every year for a while. They used to play Michigan that. State, Michigan, and, yeah. and Purdue every single year, and yeah. they've dropped mm-hmm. them all. We play them this year, then take a two-year hiatus, and then home and home for six straight years after that. So nice to get them back on the schedule because I know it doesn't end well a lot of times for Purdue, but it's a national game. It's fun, at least in the in the state of Indiana borders. It's a fun rivalry. I'm not sure if Notre Dame fans nationally outside of Indiana care that much, but yeah. it's, it's fun for Purdue. It's a good opportunity to get some national attention uh, for Purdue and uh, – yeah, it's one game I always looked forward to every year when we used to play them. But like I said, it usually didn't end very well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's got fun. a little extra intrigue this year because of Notre Dame's new TV sideline reporter. I guess is he sideline yeah. reporter? I, I haven't watched this. I well, haven't he watched did. Any. He didn't call last week's game. Those were the yeah. Peacock guys. So this is going to be his first game. He gets the call. Ah. Uh, he was in studio, I believe, last week. So yeah, he and Mike Trico. We're talking about Drew Brees for those yeah. who don't know. He and Mike Trico were at Purdue's practice today. So it's going to be fun to watch him on the call, for sure. I really hope he has some hairs. Have been good. Here. Yeah, hairs uh, magically grown. Somehow. <laughs> um, TV money will do that to you. But it's uh, yeah, it's it'll it's go, it'll be interesting. Um, but he's working with the best. I think Mike Trico is about the best out there. Yeah, I I love Trico. I really yeah. hope. I know he's got to stay unbiased, but I really hope he like he's like nah, he, screw it first he, game. He will say something in yeah. favor of Purdue that will piss Notre Dame people off. Oh, yeah. I guarantee. And I cannot wait. <laughs> I guarantee. It. I, I, what he's going to do is he'll probably do a lot of like alumni do, especially newer alumni. They'll they'll refer to the team as we. And he'll probably just do that, keep accidentally. I mean, so I, I, I'm hoping for that because it's going to piss a lot of people off. You guys remember speaking of that, how bad Katie was when the Big Ten Oh, he was started? so bad. He was so bad. Okay, because he was, he was at Purdue for <laughs> I know, 40 he was, years. He was so <laughs> bad. He was so bad. I, I mean, if it wasn't GK, they would have fired him oh, yeah. before he, he eventually moved on to something else. But, uh, yeah, really looking forward to the game. Uh, Notre Dame's a seven-point favorite. If you would have told me that, two weeks ago i would have laughed at you but here we are notre dame escaped they come back uh attempt from florida state won in overtime then florida state went and lost to jacksonville state and the literally the worst defensive play i've ever seen in my life at the end of that game <laughs> and so then bad. toledo had them on the ropes but toledo scored too quick 
Yeah. If that guy would have felt the one yard line easier to look back on and say that, right. if he would have felt the one yard line, they could have cost Notre Dame all their timeouts, kicked a field goal. Then Notre Dame would have like 30 seconds to go down and get a field goal. But, um, I don't, I mean, in that moment, you got to try to score, I guess. So, um, yeah, I think Notre Dame fans are a little worried about this matchup. Yeah, it was, what's weird is their defense has been playing all that well and, you know, coming into the season, you know, they hired Marcus Freeman, who was obviously the, the best coach on, on Daryl Hazel's staff. Easily. Um, easy, easily. Um, and they haven't been playing that well. I, I don't know who they lost. I know they've got a really good safety. Kyle um, Hamilton's a stud. He's, he's a stud. I he's about all they got back there, though. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, sure they're talented, though. That's what I mean. Yeah. They're they're all they're littered their entire defense is four than five stars I'm sure yeah yeah it's like, like they're all little highly little... ranked sought after guys I think I saw like someone message where it's like what do you call a backup at Notre Dame a former high school All American true <laughs> like, who's uh <laughs> wasn't there a kid from like Pioneer or something Jack Kaiser Jack Kaiser, yeah, Kaiser. linebacker he's yeah. A, yeah he's a linebacker um Mr Football over David Bell don't forget <laughs> don't remind me don't yeah. get me started on that so he's thing. actually starting in Notre Dame though I figured yeah. he is now gonna go. yeah yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's really good. But I mean, yeah, what they had a they had a kid on the offensive line as a freshman from Cathedral, Blake Fisher, who Blake got Fisher, hurt. Torres yeah. meniscus. Yeah, which left so yeah, tackle. Yeah, yeah, left tackle. Which we recruited wrong. him hard. Oh yeah, Hodges yeah. recruited him hard. <laughs> that's all. That's all that needs to be said. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think yeah, like you said, Tim, before the season, if you just said we were a seven point dog, to Notre Dame have been you know taking that all day. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think. I mean, part of me, you know, has a lot of optimism. Like, man, we can we can beat these guys. But also, part of me is just like, man, I can just see them. You know, they've had two kind of scares, so it's like they're they're not. You know, we're not sticking up on anybody, and I could just see them. You know, just being pissed and just sure. absolutely in a, like a forty-two to seventeen thrashing on us. I think it looks like it will be a sellout. They're doing a green out in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Last week in Toledo, they had fifteen thousand no shows. Wow. Which I don't know why that was. I mean, okay, it's. Not Labor Day weekend. Never mind. I was like, oh, Labor Day weekend. No, it was not. No, it's Toledo. Maybe, I mean, you know, maybe the out of state traffic that flies in for the games is like, it's Toledo. We don't want to waste money to get in there. It was the week. first home game. I mean, I know right. they they had fans they had ten thousand last year at games. Yeah, yeah. So it, still, it looked yeah, like more against Clemson when they flooded the field. Remember right. that? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but. Um, no, it's always fun playing up there. Like you said, it's going to be interesting to battle the line because Purdue should be able to get through their line a little bit, I would think, and get pressure on Jack Cohn. But Notre Dame's going to get pressure pressure on Jack Plummer. So it's like – That's what worries me because, I mean, yeah. UConn got through a little bit. Yeah. And if UConn can get through, Notre Dame's going to just absolutely blast through. So. And I would I would have felt better if, if Xander was back yeah. there for pass protection and to run the ball. But now it's yeah. Kindo Rue and uh, Dylan Downing are the two backs. Uh, I don't know if um, – um, cross. cross cross will be ready to go or not. Uh, I I mean, I, I bet he's there, and I bet we see him a little bit, but I bet the third back is a wide receiver. It's Anthrop or Sheffield or something. Or, or David, David Bell gets a carry again. Marcellus a couple carries. Moore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, but, I mean, that's been – the only thing I've had is that a Purdue's offensive line hasn't been all that strong in Brahms' entire – tenure mm-hmm. at Purdue. I mean, they've gone up against really good defensive lines every year with, I mean, Iowa's always strong, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and they, I mean, I think, and without having really having a running game either, so they mm-hmm. can't really neutralize that. So I think 
hopefully the Brahms have uh, have a kind of some plans to buy Plummer some time, some tricks, some misdirection. I guess, and, yeah, yeah, and that's and, and that's where Plummer I think has definitely the advantage over O'Connell's because right. he can get away, and he's done pretty well with that. I mean, he's yeah, Oregon State got a good amount of pressure on him. I felt mm-hmm. like yeah, and he I, did a good job evading it. I look for TJ Sheffield to have a big game because if you guys remember right, he was committed to Notre Dame and they pulled his offer. Mm-hmm. So he might want a little little revenge there. Hope so. Caleb Gerald saying draws and screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's ever a game to get to pull the trickery out and, the, and you know just let it all rip. This is the game to do it. Yeah, Purdue's got to play like they have nothing to lose because they really yeah. don't. Um, I, mean, I remember talking to my dad after the. Uh, Oregon State game. He's like, I wonder because he's like, yeah, Tiller always just he just seemed to to save some stuff in Notre Dame week, and maybe Brahms doing that. I was like, yeah, I yeah. Mean, who knows? Like, yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the game. Like I said, just let it rip, and like you said, we got nothing to lose. It's Brahms' first game he's ever coached at Notre Dame. He was mm-hmm. never was on a team as an assistant or anything. Yeah. Um, he, he he, you could tell in the press conference on the radio show and everything. He's kind of got a fun spot. It seems like for Notre Dame. I know his he, he and his family are big Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, he said one reason he didn't go there out of high school, they, I, he named the quarterback. I don't remember who it was. Yeah. They already had a kid there. Um, so, uh, he did, he did go there when Brian, his little brother, our office coordinator visited out of, out of high school, but it was just interesting to hear him talk about Notre Dame a little bit. So, mm-hmm. so, but he, I feel like he always embraces these challenges when we play the bigger the bigger opponents. So I was kinda I was kinda thinking that too, Webby, where it's like maybe he's holding something back and I wonder if this is this the time we see like the Austin Burton Wildcat or something like that. I mean he's Austin Burton's first snaps were against UConn there and I mean I don't I don't remember if he ran it much at all if, if at all. He, Three carries he had, for five yards. I don't know what the, I don't remember. It was a long of six, so I I don't remember, but I'm just wondering. I know he's athletic and he's kind of got that I mean, obviously his ability to throw as well, but I wonder yeah. if he, if that's kind of some wrinkle that nobody's mm-hmm. seen. Yeah, we could see some trickery on off. special teams too. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, he's got. We know he's got stuff up his sleeve. It's just is mm-hmm. he going to pull it out or not? But uh, I will say the one thing I'm concerned is uh, produce pass defense a little bit. Jack Cohn's given him problems in the past. Uh, unlike Notre Dame teams in the past, they don't have humongous wide receivers on the outside. They don't have like a Michael Floyd or anything, mm-hmm. but they, of course, they're tight end you. So they got another good tight end, a Michael Mayer. He's pretty good. He's, he's kind of their main main go-to guy downfield. Mm-hmm. That, that makes me nervous. Yeah, I know our DBs have gotten beat a couple times, so that's yeah, what I worry. Because, I mean, the last two teams we've played, they've missed on some long balls that have mm-hmm. – you know, kind of forget about, but I don't think Notre Dame's going to miss those types of. I mean, Cones, he's a but, he's a good game manager and he's a solid quarterback. And I mean, he was making throws against Florida State, so I think if I don't think he's going to miss some of those. Hopefully, he doesn't. Hopefully, he does. But so the counter to that is, yes, they've missed on some of those, but they probably missed on a lot of those because George had been this yeah because of pressure the quarterback yeah, you're right. space. You're right. So yeah. and with with Cone already being sacked ten times in two games, I think George is going to live. He's going to he's going to hit Cone all night. I hope. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that gets him a little rattled and gives the they, DBs a little bit more of a time, I guess, time I th- to recover. I think we'll see their freshman quarterback, uh, Butchner, Buchanan, as well, Buchner, yeah. uh, because he runs the ball. He ran over 60 yards against Toledo. He's a little change of pace quarterback. I, th- I think we will see both of those guys play. They've got a really good running back, too. I can't remember his name. Yeah, he, uh, Williams. Williams. Kyder. Yeah, he's 
Kyron Williams. Kyron, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's really good. Yeah, he is. Uh, their line, like I said, has been struggling a little bit, so he hasn't really got it going. But you know, he can at any time. So uh, they, I mean, they definitely have talent. They're still Notre Dame. They got talent all over the field. But um, looking forward to it. I, I hope George finally gets in for a sack. I mean, yeah. he has eleven QB pressures, which leads the country. He just hasn't gotten to him yet. So, but you know, he's got to be bolded, highlighted. Hundred font on the notes and everything from offense because <laughs> they they want to make sure if they're going to lose on the offense side of the ball, somebody else beats them. Maybe they get confused and they think they're looking for fourteen versus number five. Could Wish, be w- wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. <laughs> they uh, this would be a good game. I think Demarcus Mitchell has been fairly quiet the first two games, so I feel like this would be a good time. Like, I haven't really noticed him at all on defense, nope. and I feel like this would be a good time for him to have like two sacks. I agree, hundred mm-hmm. percent with that. So, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the Boilers can do. Um, let's talk about the Notre Dame-Purdue series a little bit. Of course, I think we all remember the 2004 drumming up in South Bend, 41-16. Kyle Orton hits Taylor Silverfield for a 97-yard touchdown. Um, that might have been it, – it was up there with the Ohio State 2018 victory as my favorite Purdue victories of all time. But besides that, do you guys have any other favorite Purdue-Notre Dame memories? I only have bad memories. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I know. watching Sell and Lyman go for like two twelve against them. That was uh, fun. Yes. We, we lost. Two thousand six. Yeah, that was yeah. Who, who ran over? Was it he Zib- ran over Tom Zibikowski. Zibikowski or that was yeah, awesome. that's what it was. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. Not a lot of good. I mean, obviously, I mean, I know Tanner, you and I were there for the the Danny Hope timeout blunder. Oh nine. Never forget. Yeah. Jimmy Clausen. Um, Kyle Rudolph. But- <laughs> How about the uh, – I remember like a night game at ross pump, Caleb Turbush overthrows the first play of the game, overthrows the wide receiver by 15 yards or 2011, something. 2011. Yeah, that was my first game as a student or my first <laughs> – I was like I was so amped just to like finally see a game in the student section. And, of course, I, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I was lucky enough uh, – that was my year of volunteer manager. That was one of my three games I got to work. So I'm just jacked to be on the sidelines. First play of the game, interception. Two plays later, Michael Floyd burns Ricardo for down. It was a long night for the Boilers that yeah. night. I remember watching it, being excited, same thing. Knew it was a great environment, and then the first play, I was like, holy crap. Are you kidding we me? We had just lost the rice like two weeks before that. Yeah, oh, I knew it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> um, yeah, that. I also remember I remember 2010, we lost 23-12 to open up the season. That was actually Brian Kelly's first game at Notre Dame. Um, okay. Robert Marv did a flip in the end zone. and sure, got That's right. Yeah. Danny, Danny Hope said, there's your one. Don't do it again. Yeah. Because uh, that was his first touchdown like in two years. Um, and then also 2012, I thought we outplayed them up there. I might sound like a whiny baby, but I thought the refs just screwed Purdue over that game with a couple calls. Mm-hmm. Was that the one with the, the – who was the quarterback? Tom, well, they had two quarterback blunders that game. Everett Golston started, and he fumbled going in for a touchdown, hit the pylon. They reviewed it, still gave him the touchdown. It should have been a fumble and a touchback. And then – on what ended up being the game-winning field goal drive, Tommy Reese snapped the ball two seconds after the play That's clock right. was, was dead, and the refs didn't do anything. Uh, he's now their offensive coordinator, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's uh, a lot of painful memories. A lot, a lot of times in South Bend, especially in the Breeze era. I mean, I don't remember, but I've seen highlights. Special team blunders would cost the mm-hmm. team. Whether it was a missed field goal or block pun or bad snap. My first trip to Notre Dame was two thousand two. I remember Anthony Chambers had a punt return touchdown, but Purdue lost in a close game that year too. 
So it's usually competitive up there. That's yeah. the weird thing. The blowouts usually happen at Ross Aid. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I always like these games because especially us growing up, you know, in northern Indiana, which is kind of Notre Dame country, you know, we get WNDU out of South Bend. So it's just Notre Dame coverage 24-7. If they're doing well, if they're not doing well, you don't really hear a peep out right. of it. Um, but, you know, we had a lot of, you know, teachers growing up who were Notre Dame fans, didn't go to Notre Dame, obviously. Um, but, you know, you had fun with, you know, classmates and and teachers, you know, the, the week of, you know, trying maybe making bets of, you know, wearing a jersey if, if your team lost or something like that. And you know, it was always early in the year, you know, the weather was awesome typically, you know, it was starting to get a little, you know, starting to get more like fall. So I have a lot of fond memories about just like the environment around yeah. the game, not so much the game itself. But and it's just, I mean, it was always a big game. You know, they were typically, you know, pretty good. Um, and even if we beat them and they weren't good, didn't really matter. So it was still, still, still beat Notre them. Dame and didn't like matter. Like a 7 when we beat yeah. a three-win three Notre Dame team. <laughs> didn't matter. I mean, yeah, it's just it, a lot of hatred for the players like uh, uh, Jimmy Clausen. Obviously, him. Jimmy Clausen was an all-time grade-A douche. Brady um, Quinn, Jeff Brady Samarja. Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we learned to hate him pretty quickly in Northern oh, Indiana, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, I I can't stand them. I mean, when yeah. they play Indiana in a few years, ugh, <laughs> oh, that's going to be awful. Um, you watch cricket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to watch that game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is one game. I mean, I mean, with my Purdue sports fandom, I was thinking about this the other day. It goes like the the games I care about the most or want to win the most against Indiana in basketball. Yeah. Then probably gets Indiana in football, but then right there is gets Notre Dame in football. Then I would yeah. say it's Michigan State basketball is right under Notre Dame football for me at least. Yeah. And that's probably changed within the last five years with IU. I'm assuming IU football was lower down because it was kind of a – You're right. Again, it was again. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And, that and, I, and now that IU seven, football, yeah. And the seven-year hiatus with Notre Dame hasn't helped. Right. Mm-hmm. I still against them every single week. <laughs> I was at that game in 2014 because I was – I forget that was Hazel year. Like, we were, Oil. Yeah, yep. Lucas Oil. It was, it was the Shamrock series. It was, yep. We actually were pretty competitive in the first half, and I was like, oh, my God, we might actually – are we going to do this thing? And then, nope, it didn't happen. That was not fun leaving the stadium because it was just like, God, we still suck. <laughs> uh, Caleb Gerald has a good question here, and the guy's slip on my mind right now. I can picture him. He played for the Chargers. Ha- Tranquil. Drew- yeah. Tranquil, Tranquil, yep. Tranquil. Who was the safety a few years ago, decommitted from Purdue and went to Notre Dame. Drew Tranquil, that's right. He, he was committed he was to Hazel. Recruited. Yeah, he would have been the best recruit in Hazel's tenure. And yep. His dream yep. school was Notre Dame. and Yep. They came in offered him a few weeks later, and – that was he good. got hurt at Notre Dame, didn't he? Didn't he? Like he did a couple ACL? times, a yeah. couple times, and yeah. his brother got hurt too. His brother didn't end up going to Notre Dame. He went. Didn't to, uh, he? Wait, he made, he made the pros. Didn't he? Where are they yep. from? No, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Yeah, he he uh, yeah. he was a Charger for a little while. Yeah. Okay. He was a. So was uh, Manti Teo with his uh, fake girlfriend. Yeah, and he was he was an engineer too, which hurt even more. It was, yeah. I think he, I think he was he wanted to be an engineer, which yeah, they're still as hard as ever to recruit against. I mean, they yep. can get pretty much anybody they want from the state. That's why it's nice when we do get a David Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who didn't even? I don't even know if he. I mean, Notre Dame won in his final five. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't think they even offered him. <laughs> was George? I mean, I know George said. I know he talked about it in an article that I think he visited. Notre Dame, I think they so offered. They offered him, I believe. I'm sure they recruited him. I don't know where he fell in his top. I know I remember it was like Wisconsin was pushing hard for him. So I know it was it wasn't like Purdue and Notre Dame. I, like Penn you remember, State was pushing hard for him. Who can you remember the last recruit that was down to like Purdue and Notre Dame? I I, I can't think of any really. Uh, no, no. I mean Tranquil, obviously. I guess who flipped from. Purdue. I remember. I didn't remember, even offer at the time. Like he committed I, before he even had a Notre Dame offer, which is crazy. I mean, back in like 04, 05, 
Ryan Baker flip from Notre Dame mm-hmm. to Purdue, and I'll never forget because rivals had him as a low five star, and he fell to a three star. <laughs> flip to Purdue, I'll never forget that. Oh, Ryan Baker, that's a name from the past. Yeah, he had a cup of uh, coffee in the NFL. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, usually, if Notre Dame wants them, and they're like, especially an in-state kid, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to turn them down. I mean, you I mean you watch any primetime NFL game where there's probably going to be somebody, you know, when they do the player intro, someone's from Notre Dame, whether it's an offensive lineman or, or a tight end or somebody. So it's, yeah, they're who they are for a reason. <laughs> Caleb Gerald with a comment about Manti Tail's g- girlfriend. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Had to, had to bring that up, but um, yeah, a lot, a lot of memories from the Notre Dame produced series. A lot of them are heartbreak. But there, there's some good ones in there sprinkled in. I mean, even I remember Hazel's third game as uh, Purdue's coach in 2013. It was a primetime ABC game, or maybe it was just ESPN in Ross Aid. We gave Notre Dame all we wanted that year. Mm-hmm. A, but, yep. yep. We'll always have 2004, though. Yep. Never forget that one. Uh, yeah. I, I remember when we were young, we were what, like 12, about 12 years old. And I, I just, yeah, I just remember just, even like then as a 12 year old, just like being in utter disbelief that we were just absolutely taking it to him. I was just I remember just being on cloud nine the entire evening. So I think it was a, it was, it was a three thirty start or a later start. It was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cause I Tanner, you were at the game. I um, was lucky enough to be in the exact end zone that Stubblefield ran to. I was like mm-hmm. in the second or third row of that end zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that was, was, that was, was a lot wild. of fun. Yeah. We ran trick plays that game. Jerome Brooks ran a kickoff return back for a touchdown in the first quarter. Producers couldn't do anything wrong that day. They were killing Brady Quinn. I mean, they killed Brady Quinn the first two years of his career. His, I think his first start at Notre Dame was in 03 at Ross State against Stu Swagger, Bernard Pollard, all those guys. And I remember Stu picked him off twice. Notre, yeah, Purdue's defense made his life a living hell that day. It was glorious. Yeah, yeah I've got the box score up, so I was just curious of that game. My first Purdue Notre Dame game ever was 2001, and it was after the bucket game because of 9 11. That's so I was thinking that that was December. That's right. Yeah, they moved to December. Yeah. I remember walking out of that. It was a night game. I remember walking out of that Mm -hmm. game like so upset because I was, I I think Purdue lost by a touchdown or something. Yeah, it was a close game. Purdue had lost back to back close ones to Indiana and Notre Dame to finish the year. That was a sour taste in their mouth. I think like I think I we left. I think my parents and I we left early. Like I kind of remember like leaving and walking around like the south end zone, and like the game was still going on. I don't remember, and everybody was just everybody around us was like pissed off. I don't remember. I remember leaving the stadium and Notre Dame fans chanting "Davies fired," and that ended up being Bob Davies' last game as Notre Dame's head coach. They were chanting "Davies fired" because they knew they were not going to go to a bowl, and uh, yeah. yeah, he ended up being fired. I was at. Uh... Thad Mooney the says the all one game was one of the coldest games he's ever been yes, to. I knew it was it bad. Was December, it, was, it was cold. Uh, I was at the the year before at Notre Dame when Purdue lost by lost Ooh, at a field goal, yeah. and I had uh, I had a Drew Brees jersey on. I just remember like as like a eight year old kid, the people around me were just ruthless. That's why I'm not going this year. The last I like, time I was heck? up there was 2010. And I, I uh, let's tell tell a story, Tim. Yeah, story. I'll tell. tell <laughs> well, before the game, I've never been. I need to go. But. You do need to go. Yeah. Um, before the game, I'm walking around. Me and a good friend of the show, Jeff Ryan. It's his first Purdue game ever. He's a, we're both freshmen at the time, and that's the opening game that year. We're walking around in our Robert Marv number nine jerseys. Guy comes up to us, 
right in our ear and goes, nice jerseys, you effing idiots. <laughs> I look at Jeff, I'm like, welcome to Notre Dame. Yeah. And then the whole game, I had two guys just chirping in my ear all game long. Yeah. So after the game, we're leaving a little before the game's over because Purdue's going to lose. <clears throat> I'm about to go in the the – uh, gate, concourse. Yeah, yeah concourse. concourse. I look right up the guys and just give them the double birds. <laughs> my mom yells out my first and middle name. She was furious. <laughs> I don't regret it to this day. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it's just like fans down Bloomington because they're the same people, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Notre Dame, you know, the stadium's cool for the historic tradition, but yeah. my God, are those seats uncomfortable? Wooden bleachers. Oh, I know they're wood. Crammed I know, in. I and then they put Cram. you, Yeah. They're yeah, tiny I've been, seats. Yeah. I've been on campus because, like I said, we're being from Indiana in our eighth grade. That was kind of our school tradition. If you take a trip to Notre Dame, I mean, it's a, a beautiful campus, obviously. It is. As much as they pay to go there, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, same touchdown, Jesus is cool. But yeah, just the, uh, yeah, the arrogance is what gets to me. Oh, it's just, I, I can't stand how they have national TV games every week, even though yeah. on the road. I, I still think they're going to have to join the conference eventually with all this expansion. Right. Join the Alliance. Come on board. Yep. Do you want them in the Big Ten, though? I, I mean, it we, makes sense. It, it makes sense, sense geographically, but they'll go to the yeah. ACC. I mean, but uh, geographically, yeah. ge- geography doesn't make any sense anymore with conferences. Right. With, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, Wait, my that's, God, UCF and BYU are going to be rivals in the Pac-12. So <laughs> Big 12, they're literally going to be like, who do we have rivalry games? Oh, let's play UCF and BYU. They're rivals yeah. now. So... I mean, Texas yeah, as far away as we can get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was it stopped making sense when I mean, it really kind of stopped making sense when Penn State joined the Big Ten because that wasn't that's good point. the Midwest. That's good um, point. But it really stopped making sense when Rutgers Nebraska, joined. Nebraska, Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. I blame everything on Texas and the Longhorn Network back in the day. Yeah, they started it all. They took Nebraska off. Nebraska wanted out, and then look where we are now. Now Texas can't even beat Arkansas, and they're going to go to the SEC. <laughs> Speaking of, though, we get to see Nebraska get absolutely rocked this weekend, though. It's going to be a bloodbath. Let's go ahead and pick some games, shall we? Uh, we'll get to that game. But Friday night, we have a Big Ten game tomorrow night. Maryland, 2-0 Maryland's on the road to 1-2 Illinois. They are back to being Illinois again after beating Nebraska. kind of sucks. I was really looking forward to that home game. It was like, man, like after the first week, I was like, man, you know, we might get a – that could be a really fun game for the West and – I just want yep. the West to be to be somewhat decent. The West friggin' sucks right now. I'm okay um, with the West being bad. <laughs> I'm okay. I think if Purdue can finish like third or fourth in the West because it's garbage, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll take it however we can get it. Uh, I think I think Maryland covers that easily. Uh, yeah. I think I think they come in. I think Illinois comes in limping, and it's going to be a, of course going to be a pretty close Peters game is, against Purdue. I think Peters is back as well. He is yeah. back. Yeah. I'm going to pull a shocker. I'm going with Illinois in the upset. Oh, I, mean, I, think, I hope they do win. I think, I hope they I do think do Maryland comes them. in with a big head in, yeah. in Illinois somehow. Friday night, college football, weird things happen. I yeah. think Illinois gets them somehow. For the sake of our game, next week I want Illinois to win, so it's a bit more intrigue. It is a 3.30 nope, Big I Ten. Want, <laughs> I want Illinois to quit next week, uh, Evan. I want, I want it as easy, stress-free Saturdays I can have. Who's Maryland's coach again? Mike Loxley. That's right, Loxley. He's really good at recruiting. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Maryland, so. <laughs> it is Maryland. They have a clean basketball program, super clean. Yeah. Got the under so football money. program, probably super clean, too. Speaking of a super clean football program, Nebraska, <laughs> they're on the road rekindling an old rivalry from the Big 12, the Big 8 days. 
Number three, Oklahoma. They're they're going up to Norman to play the Sooners. <laughs> Oklahoma's a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. I think this rivals the UConn game from last week. In yep. fact, the score, I, I think Nebraska gets absolutely trounced. Like, I think it's like 40. I yeah. Spencer, Spencer Rattler's going to be eating his Raisin Canes at halftime. On the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's not playing the second half. Yeah. No, he's got to literally, because he's sponsored by Canes, yep. so he's got to go chill Smart and guy. eat some chicken fingers. Yep, some cane sauce. Oh yeah, I hope he does. He, he oh, a, my I hope he has like a, like a Gatorade cooler full of cane sauce just next to him at all times, just just because. Did you guys see Wandell Robinson's comments this week? No, no. He was talking no. about I forget who they're playing. He was talking about being on the. I forgot. He's, last he's, year. On, he's, he's on Kentucky, and, and they were having him. Remember, they had him play like a hybrid at uh, running back. Sometimes <laughs> there was one game he had. He went to cut block a guy. Didn't take him down. The guy ended up falling on him. It goes. God, I have to do this every game. It's time for a switch. It's time to go somewhere else. It's wow. Like, <laughs> Scotty well, didn't know uh, how to use his players. Well, didn't didn't Scott Frost famously say that he didn't want Joe Burrow because they thought because he thought Martinez was better? Yes. That worked out well. Boy, Scotty. <laughs> that worked out well. Uh, surprising. Remember when Adrian team? Martinez was a uh, Heisman candidate to start of year last year? He's got worse every year. He's been there. Surprising team in the Big Ten, Michigan State Spartans off the 2-0 and start. They're going down to Miami to take on the 1-1 and number 24 Hurricanes. Miami's a six-point favorite. Who's Miami lost to? Alabama. Oh, that's right. They got steamrolled by Alabama. Who hasn't? I think Miami <laughs> covers. Uh, yeah. I think Michigan State comes back to Earth a little bit. I, I think I you're think, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Miami squeaked by Appalachian State last week, 25-23. Hey, the power of Sean Clark. Danny Hope. Danny Hope. <laughs> It's the flow game. That's why I I kind of want to pick Michigan State. I don't I don't think Miami's all that good. If Michigan State wins this game, we could start talking about them being the most improved team in the country. Right. And they are full of transfers. They have a ton of transfers, so mm-hmm. they got a lot of experience. But I'm taking the yeah. Give me the Sparty. Go take a shower. It's gross. Yeah, that's gross. I know. Number eight, Cincinnati Bearcats are three and a half point favorites at Indiana. It's supposed to be a sold out Memorial Stadium. This is a noon ESPN game. Indiana's really hyping it up as their Super Bowl. I mean, it's really like this is their. I mean, I mean they obviously play in the East, so they've got a lot of signature wins still ahead or potential signature wins ahead of them. But they need, they need this game if they want to, you know, be considered, you know, you know, be taken seriously in the Big Ten because it. Yeah, because obviously they got trounced by Iowa and they beat Idaho, which I, I mean, I don't know much about Idaho. I was watching the game a little they're bit. They're terrible. They're <laughs> at all. Um, but, I, I mean, they're they're what breaking out some retro jerseys. Basically, the Did they spell Ill- right? That they did at least at least in the promo video okay. show that they did yeah okay. the helmets look like Illinois helmets just a little just a little more crimson than oh those block orange. eyes those are yeah. hideous <laughs> I hope they play hideous I think Cincinnati wins I think they cover I think it's still a close game I think it's uh, I'm gonna say it's about a ten point game I I think Cincinnati by uh, two touchdowns I think it's fairly Cincinnati gets out ahead and controls it. This is Luke Fickle's year to do something at Cincinnati. Maybe he's in a USC polo next year. We'll see. Him or Urban, who do you think? I think he's got oh better chance. I, I don't think Urban's going to USC. I think uh, – watch for James Franklin. Yeah, he, he's been rumored there for the last – Yeah, like, I think there's something there. 
I know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have a hard time believing Urban going there just because I feel like he just loves Ohio State so much. I think that would right. piss off a lot of people. <laughs> Caleb Gerald says on USC. <laughs> the fact that he's even listed as an official candidate is stupid. Would he take the boat stick out to USC to LA? <laughs> no boats to row out there, PJ. Yeah, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, I guess. Got a lot of beach. Got a lot of beach. Is he gonna uh, get stuck at Minnesota? Like his no, flight gonna like he'll no, the, no pun intended, he'll jump ship before he Oh I know, but like to, yeah. to what? Like is he gonna get to where like nobody like nobody wants that crap? He's getting he's close. Like, he's getting close. Yeah, yeah he's, then he's he realizes he can't go up. Too. Yeah, like he's gonna get stuck at Minnesota because he's gonna peak there, and then be unless, like, like be a some, middle of the road Big like, Ten team. Yeah, unless like they pop off some wins in some middling SEC school. Once needs something. I mean, I two years ago, he should have. He should have left two years ago. He yeah. should have. I mean, yeah, I think of like Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt's just so bad. Oh God, I don't think anything can. Not anybody can resurrect that. I'm taking the Bearcats as well. I. Uh, yeah, I don't. I know I was really good, and it's hard to compare Indiana after playing Iowa in in Idaho, but I think Cincinnati is pretty good. I yeah. Uh Northern Illinois at number 25 Michigan, who's off to a good start this year 2 and 0. Michigan's 27 and a half point favorites. I think Michigan Rocky, covers. I think Rocky Michigan Lombardi covers. is the NIU quarterback. Oh, is he? I didn't know where he <laughs> ended up. I'm just I looking definitely at the think Michigan covers then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mission covers. I forgot about that. I did not know that. I'm just looking. I've got the box score up as players to watch. Rocky Lombardi, NIU. I forgot funny. about that guy. Uh, I don't I think they came into Ross State and beat Purdue a couple or yep. a handful of years ago, whenever that was. Up up at Spartan they Stadium. Went, no, I'm talking about when NIU came to Purdue. Oh yeah, like was that when with Jordan? They went Lynn. to the. Yeah. And they went. They went to like they went Beast to like Festival. the Fiesta Bowl or something. Yeah, new, with Jordan they? Lynch. Yeah. Yep. Yep, Dave Doran before he left for uh, yeah. That's twenty thirteen. That yeah, twenty thirteen. Yep. That year sucked. That was awful. That was the worst. <laughs> worst Purdue sports year ever. Yep. Um, Minnesota. Speaking of Fleck, they travel out to take the call, take on the Colorado Buffaloes. The Buffaloes are two and, a, two and a half point favorites. It was a very weird game. It's the Alliance At game. Colorado. We're about the Alliance. Second game of the Alliance. <laughs> it's guess, true. Yeah. After Purdue. Oregon State. Give me the know, buffs, baby. Give yeah, me the buffs. I know buffs. nothing. Yes, I know nothing about Colorado, but yep, same. Huge Buffalo fan. They Always got Christian Gonzalez. Remember, he was. Oh uh, yeah. Right. The for a cup of coffee. He's playing pretty well for him. Good. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. Come on, Blau. He's like David Blau's like brother now, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Kent State travels to Iowa City to play number five Iowa. Iowa's a twenty-three point favorite. I, I, I think Iowa Kent covers State that. Scores. I don't think Kent State scores. <laughs> yeah, can't, Iowa can't score points on offense right now, but their defense is nasty. So I think Iowa well, covers and blows. Yeah, them they're a twenty-three point favorite, and the over/under is fifty-six. So there's going to be a whole <laughs> lot of scoring. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Tulsa at a number nine pissed poor off Tulsa. Ohio State poor, game. Poor Tulsa. Ohio State's uh, twenty-four and a half point favorites. Well, this is going to get ugly for the Golden Hurricanes. That's their I mean, nickname. I forgot. Yep. Oh my god, that was about fifty. <laughs> like golden hurricane. I don't know. Yeah. Ohio State hasn't looked all that good. Their offense does not look great. They can't. Like, stop I know Tulsa's run. not good, but 
CJ played well against Oregon, but that was yeah, it. Yeah, I, I bet they cover, but I bet, <laughs> I, I bet it's like yeah, I bet it's like that's pretty close. I bet it's like right at that twenty four points. I think I don't think they, I don't think they win by forty, but it's not gonna um, be a game. Yeah, I think they cover. I think they smash them. <clears throat> Delaware at Rutgers. No line on this. Kinciano Knights uh, the three uh, and zero. The game in like nineteen twelve. You got Joe Flacco back. Yeah, he's he's not coming through. Delaware he's left? not coming through those doors. I don't think. He's probably. He's I mean, I'm kind of like Kinciano with what uh, he's doing there. He's, yeah, he's doing he's, something over there. Yeah, I think he gets him to three and zero. Agreed. I have it's to think they're annoying. a huge favorite. This is a smart game on paper. Northwestern at Duke. Both teams one and one. Northwestern's a two and a half point favorite. Uh give me I, Northwestern. Duke's not good. There's Northwestern, though. I know. I know. Yeah, I think well, the Big Ten's look pretty bad this year. I'm gonna say Duke. Okay. I think the Big Ten as a whole has looked bad. That could be an interesting basketball matchup. Chris Collins against Coach K. Yeah, uh, interesting for five minutes. <laughs> yes. For the pregame exactly. until the game starts. Uh, Blake Heidi, friend of the show, says, Go Cats. <laughs> Blake? I did take the Wildcats. I did take the Wildcats too. Yeah. Even though Hunter no, Johnson has not been playing well. It's awful. Yes, he has. In the Big Ten primetime game, it's a whiteout at Happy Valley. Number 22, Auburn at number 10, Penn State. Penn State's a five and a half point favorite. I will take the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I think Penn State. I mean, just kind of shows how last year was just such a just a, a weird year. year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they didn't have Parsons playing, so that was a huge right. thing for their defense. But yeah, I think right. yeah, I think now Penn this, State's back to their typical. This, this is Penn State's chance to say <laughs> we're the best team in the Big Ten. Here we are. We're going to try to make yeah. the playoff. So yeah. Skip says Auburn by 10. Ooh, War Eagle for Skip. Yeah, I, I don't know if Bo Nix can do it. He's 5-7 and seven in neutral site slash road games. I'm taking the Nittany Lions. Who's Auburn's coach now? I heard it today, and I don't remember his name. Let's look it up. Yeah, I heard it today. I wasn't familiar with him. But uh, let me see if there's any Brian other Brian Harson. Brian Harson. Uh, one one real intriguing, two intriguing top twenty-five matchups before we pick Purdue Notre Dame. Number one, Alabama's at number eleven, Florida. Alabama's a fourteen and a half point favorite on the road against the number eleven team in the country. That's what it gets. The last like five years, I've always looked at that when it's like Alabama. Yeah, um, I guess the second best team in the SEC. Florida, and they're like number yeah, like number one touchdown favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like how 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 far out ahead is Alabama from every other single I mean, team? Ohio State has one loss already. Clemson has one loss. Can we see Alabama slip up and get a loss? No, I don't think so I, either. I don't think so. It'd I mean, be kind of it'd be chaos because then they'd all be back in. Then it's like then oh cool. Then Georgia, is, yeah. then Georgia'd be number one because they're number two. Mm-hmm. Skip says Florida takes it to the fourth quarter at five minute mark, then field goal contest. That'd be interesting. Came down yeah, I mean, it, it wants to be a good game. Um, so I just I think in like college football playoff. Let's say Ohio State runs the table for the rest of the year. They beat Penn State. Penn State's Penn State's only loss. Let's say, but Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship. Do they still go into the playoff? Ohio if State will if they run the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially Sometimes if Oregon they- does well, 
in the yeah. Pac-12. If Clemson runs the table, do they still make it? Do you think? I mean, it's it's week three, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't think you can hold much over those two teams losing to Georgia and, and Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, you're but, right. But we could have a team like Cincinnati that should run the table. I mean, what about Iowa? I mean, Iowa, they'd have to beat Ohio State in the yeah, Big Ten. I, I, yeah, right. maybe if it was Iowa. They don't play. I was, I was looking at their schedule, who they've got. So, I mean, they'd have to beat – I mean, they play Penn State. They do yeah. home against Penn State. Okay. Hmm. They play Michigan, too. Iowa does? Mm-hmm. Dang, okay. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's no. Penn State. Sorry. That's they play at Wisconsin. Okay. No, they're at Wisconsin. Yeah. No, Maryland and Penn State are their crossover games, it looks like. Because I thought Wisconsin could run the table this year, and then they lost to Penn State week one because they didn't have Ohio State or Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one other top 25 matchup, number 19, Arizona State, three-and-a-half-point favorites at number 23, Brigham Young. I'm going to take BYU. It's That's a tough place to play. Hmm. Skip says Maryland's a sneaking best run team in the East. They have a pretty good run game. Oh, they got yeah. what, two oh, of two his younger brother. Mm-hmm. And Skip says BYU by 17. He's going big with the Cougars. I'm going to go with the uh, – I just blanked on his name. Uh, Herm her Edwards. Fighting Herm Edwards. Fighting Herm Edwards. I didn't know if he was still there or not. Didn't they get some – they're, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if they they're still were there or not, if he was still there. Here, my upset pick of the weekend is Fresno State on the road at number thirteen UCLA. That's my upset pick of the weekend. UCLA's eleven point favorite. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. They're my dad's dark horse for the playoff. Is UCLA. Fres- they're are, are they old? Aren't they? Or am I making that up? I they're two UCLA- and one. They gave Oregon all they wanted. Right. Uh, this is old. Yeah, Indiana's old office coordinator, coordinator is their yeah. is their head coach. I, I thought I read somewhere that maybe I was listening to some podcast. I thought that they're they're very experience maybe i'm thinking of somebody yeah. else which is very possible i always think of the car brothers when i think of fresno state football <sighs> yeah Derek and david isn't that where paul george went to school yep him yep. too yep playoff <laughs> yes he is <laughs> got a comment here from skip about uh purdue's run game real quick before we get into our purdue Notre Dame predictions he said running back coach barclay will earn his money if running backs left can be credible but to me, recruiting the next four years, uh, running back weapons, top 15 caliber. See, they have opportunity to be started from day one, but he has to prove his position group can elevate their games. Yeah, I mean, we've, I mean, we've never really had – it's tough. I mean, they make excuses, but it's tough to recruit offensive line and running backs at, at Purdue because right. you're competing against Wisconsin, which is running back you, and the rest of the Big Ten. Um <laughs> you cheat to win the game. Hello, you cheat to win the game. Herm Edwards. It's tough. We never really had, I mean, I feel like we've never really had like elite running backs. I mean, obviously, Tyreek Murphy was one of the, what, the best running back recruit we ever had, and then he left. Now, Tarek McBurse was up yeah, there. King Doru yeah. wasn't like lightly recruited. Like, King Doru was no. like a big time, not a big, I mean, he was a high, he was a good running back recruit for Purdue at the time. Markel Jones was Mr. Football. Yeah, yep, Markel yeah. Jones. I think. There's a couple, I think, this year that are decently recruited. I think they're three stars, but, I mean, still, mm-hmm. like, good running backs. But like what you said, Webby, getting the offensive line, uh, Purdue's offensive line never has gotten that old under Brom. And, like, that'd be yeah. how much different would it be? Because they have, like, five guys with, like, career-ending injuries right. this offseason that would be, like, fourth- or fifth-year players. That how, how different does your depth look when your, your offensive line is full of 23-year-olds instead of 19- and 20-year-olds? Right. This should have been his deepest – 
Yeah. I still, I think it's his most talented line he's had, but it's not the deepest yeah. by by any means. And that's where I think in like two years, when they've got all this redshirt freshmen this year that are juniors, and then the the five offensive linemen coming in next year are redshirt or sophomores or whatever they've been, in, and then get to that point. Hopefully, it's just got to get lucky and keep everybody healthy. I think that's been the biggest downfall of Brown the last couple of years in the offensive line. I mean, they've got the volume, they've got numbers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then uh, yeah, once you get the offensive line, then I think your running backs will look a lot better. Over under for Plummer forty pass attempts on Saturday. Over, over. I think so too. I think he gets close to fifty. Yeah, he's gonna have to. Mm-hmm. I think he like, to, yeah, to hit I the big like plays, he's gonna have to drop yeah. back big it's time. Like forty-four pass attempts. Yeah. Yep. All right, the moment everybody's been waiting for. Purdue Notre Dame. I see the line seven and a half. I thought it was seven. Um, it's come down to I see seven. It was. It opened at seven and a half. I yeah. think this week. Over under fifty eight. Score predictions for the Battle of Shillelagh, the first Battle of the Shillelagh since two thousand fourteen. And I want to. I want to mention that Rudy was offsides. Yes, he was. ESPN predictor matchup predictor has Notre Dame with a seventy one point eight percent chance of victory. So you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. I, I, I think. I, I I don't know. I haven't thought about a score. I've gone. I've gone. A roller coaster today of like this morning i was like man purdue's gonna be good and then i just had like what you said tanner worried about like the secondary i'm like god cone's gonna throw like five touchdowns yeah. <laughs> um i think we get a george Karlofta strip sack jalen graham returns for a touchdown i like that uh tj sheffield's gonna have a couple big plays i think purdue's gonna win i'm gonna say 31 28 where can i purdue. side for that yeah i know I think Purdue wow. needs some crazy needs some work. I think Purdue's gonna need some crazy stuff. It says Notre Dame game special teams. Do we have return threat or punt punts the going punts past thirty yards. yards? Purdue thirty-five, Notre Dame twenty-four. Payne outduels Notre Dame tight end. Ooh, I'd put him on some I'd put him on some some draft boards real quick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying 27-24, game winning Purdue field goal. I'm gonna die of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> like, like right now, my crystal ball is telling me how I'm gonna die. <laughs> I was um, not gonna pick Notre Dame in this game. I don't even care. I'm not even sure I'm gonna pick Ohio State when we get to the, to the uh, season. You guys are putting me on the spot. I hate this. You've been all day to think about it. I have. God, I'm gonna be the hated one by everybody on this podcast, and I hate this. And I, 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 because oh, I hate them. I. I hate them. On, no, I'm, a, I'm a homer. Nope. Yeah, don't I, come on. Be optimistic. Just, all week I've been thinking Notre Dame by 10 points. I think Purdue keeps it competitive, but Notre Dame pulls away in the fourth. Um, I'm going 34-24 Notre Dame. I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. I feel dirty saying that. I'm going to go take a shower after this <sighs> podcast, but uh, I cannot stand them. But I just – I just. they just get lucky, and, and I'm afraid yeah. they're going to have a few breaks bounce their way. I, yeah. I think they've gotten lucky the last two weeks, though. Yeah, <laughs> Skip's entered, ready for the hate mail. I deserve address. it. His address. I, is. <laughs> I deserve hate mail. I, I'm ashamed of myself. I'm ashamed of myself. Um, I mean, you got your, your Twitter handle right there, so send those DMs. Well, go ahead. It's <laughs> the nine twos cut off there. So it's at Tanner Lee nine twos. My Twitter, my Twitter uh, and Instagram handle. So just fire me any hate mail. I deserve it. I hope I'm wrong, everybody. I hope I'm back here next week celebrating. Um, does Purdue get ranked for the first time since 07 if they pull off the victory? I don't think so yet. I don't think so. I think I think we'd be close. I think like in that 
maybe like low tw- like when I say low, I guess high twenties, I guess like maybe around the thirty mark. Now then we have to. I think we'd have to. Uh... <laughs> Hate mail's coming in. I'm gonna get Spartan kicked by Thad Mooney. I think we have to. We'd have to uh, beat Notre Dame. I think we'd have to handle Illinois pretty easily yeah. for us to get ranked. So, yeah. which when was the last time we went three and zero? Two thousand seven. Yeah, that was the last time we were ranked. last time we were ranked. Last time Purdue's won on the road against an AP top 25 ranked team was 2003 at Wisconsin. Last time we beat the Badgers. 2010, we won at Northwestern. They're ranked 25th in the coaches. But on Tanner, does that make, you, that make you want to change your, your predictions? I think that means Purdue's due. That we are due. We've been due for a while. Uh, Skip says, till we might be 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh to crack top 25. If we're four and one, yeah. who would the loss have to? I mean, to lose yeah, so to Notre Dame. Minnesota. Notre Dame. Oh, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, yeah. You beat then you beat Illinois, Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel I, like to get I, ranked, you yeah, have to win this game. You have to beat Notre Dame. Yeah, unless to get we, ranked. Yeah. Let's get if some Purdue turnovers gets, early and see yeah. what happens. If Purdue gets ranked this year, then that's a, uh, I'd say, a huge success because I was like six wins. Like get to six wins and we're okay. Mm-hmm. But getting ranked would be like, man, we're. Way over. Yeah, you, I really want to end September with at least three wins. That, that's. I mean, so you're setting yourself yes. up pretty good because then you're yes. halfway there with two I months agree. to go in the schedule, which gets tough in the back end. But yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a good measuring stick for Purdue mm-hmm. for sure. For but like sure. we said, nothing to lose. Nope. Pull all the tricks out. Leave it all on the field. Should Play smart. Keep the penalty, keep the penalty. Don't beat yourselves. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get stupid penalties. If big if we have some sort of game-winning play, does Drew Brees lose his mind? Yes. Yes, I think he would. <laughs> I think he would, too. And then he'd apologize later. Yeah, uh, oh, is, yeah, 100%. Is the Aussie kicker not stronger than others as punter? I He just has a different style. Yeah. Um, he's more of a rugby kicker, but, um, yeah, he even admitted he hasn't been kicking as well as he should be. They interviewed him a little – this week they asked about Notre Dame. He said Notre Dame is very popular over in Australia. So I know his kicks have been shorter, but like, I don't think a single punt has been returned. Yeah. That right. Mm-hmm. So then I think if you look at it like net, so I think what is he averaging like 42 yards or something or 40 Sounds yards right. or something like yeah. that. So if, even if someone's kicking at 50 yards, but then it doesn't have as much hang time and they're returning it five or six yards. So you're netting like three yards less. So I think, and, but also not having, they don't have the opportunity. So I feel like it's, Minimal, yeah. I wish he'd kick it further, but I'm okay with them just moving the ball 40 yards and not mm-hmm. giving the other team a chance to make a big play because we've seen some miscues the last few years with missed tackles and a lot of extra stress when it's just like, oh crap, there he goes. Yep, we are averaging it's like 38 or 42 yards or something 36.8 average per punt, net 36.6, so 0.2 difference between the two. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not being returned. Okay, so there's like one return in there, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Because I don't think we punted it. We punted once against UConn, I, don't, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I'm uh, looking forward to the game Saturday. Um, I just wanted to be here by now. I'm tired of thinking about it. So mm-hmm. I'm just hoping well, for a fun game. Yeah, be competitive. See what happens. Yeah. Give yourself Fair a chance in the fourth quarter. Um, have some fun trick plays. I already want to change my score. I want to make it like 41 to 38. Like I want to add like 20 just points. Shoot I just out. want to make just it a, a shootout. Shoot yeah. Man, I my heart can't take that. Uh, but whatever it takes, I don't care. Whatever it takes. So, but uh, one thing everybody should do who can't be in South Bend is get yourself some Mad Mushroom Pizza to watch the game this weekend. 
And if you do, make sure uh, uh, you tell them that the Boiler Breakdown sent you, or you can use your online discount code. Uh, Mad Mushroom's been serving Boilermakers since 1993, located in the heart of West Lafayette, and is well known as the home of the original cheese stick. When, whenever any of us three like to go, we like to sit down and have an ice-cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which this month, their pizza of the month is the... There it is. It's the Zesty Salami. It's their buffalo zine sauce covered with salami, mozzarella cheese, and cheddar cheeses and finished with an Italian zest drizzle served with a side of ranch. So if that sounds good to you on game day, make sure you tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you or use your discount code online, which is BREAK5. That's an all caps B-R-E-A-K-5 to, clue, to uh, claim your discount, which is $5 off any order over $20. That's at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. Sad there wants some uh, pizza in North Carolina. Does he? Mm-hmm. Someone bring pizza to North Carolina. Well, uh, get in your car, drive over here, and get some. <laughs> uh, Webby, I got what's, the, what's the shop got going on? Yeah, everything going on, man. It's the shop. Um, again, this year we're happy to bring on the shop. Uh, the Bullet Break is brought to you by the shop. The shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to the fans since 2011. From their humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find them at two retail stores and online. They make the best shirts and makes them happy. The shop is located in Carmel and Indianapolis, as well as online at, at the sh- theshopindy.com. We make the best shirts, period. Next time you're shopping online, use code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your entire order. They got a lot of good-looking boiler stuff on there. Yep, they got the NIL stuff. They've got – so they just dropped you know, a couple weeks ago before the Oregon State game a new couple shirts um, – I know Adam Bartels from Full Steam Ahead Pod got, grabbed his gold shirt. looks awesome. I'm wearing they, a shop shirt right now, but I'm, it's not available anymore, I don't think, because I got it a couple years ago. So, sorry. Do you think they do a like <laughs> order online, pick up in store? I'm thinking I need to go pick up a shirt tomorrow. I think I'm sure you can email them. Yeah, I've okay. I've done that before. Yeah, I had to buy Hannah an IU glass. <clears throat> Excuse me, I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they can do that. Um, their their stores are awesome. Uh, the shirts are awesome. Oh yeah, I know awesome. the one in Broderpool. Yeah, yeah, Broderpool is a new location. They've actually because they've grown, so they had a, good, a bigger space, which is cool. Yeah, um, well, right down yeah. the street, they're still right there on Broderpool. Oh, they've yeah. been there for a while. Yeah. they've got. And they, I mean, if you're a Colts yeah. fan, they've got a bunch of Colts mm-hmm. stuff this year. They've got Pacers stuff. They've got like Indiana National Park, Indiana Park stuff. They've got, I mean, like retro gear, like like you know Market Square Arena shirts, which is awesome. You know, I think they they have, they have one shirt. This is I still call it Deer Creek for the amphitheater up in yeah. Noblesville, which is awesome. Um, good people, good owner, um, staff is super friendly, great social media presence too. If you're into that kind of thing. So check them out. Andrew, what's a uh, Shrove landscaping <sighs> got deal. going on? Sir. Boiler breakdown podcast is also brought to you by Shrove landscaping. Shrove landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and their licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574-223-2769. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. Yeah, I already need um, help with some yeah. leaves. I've already yeah, bagged like six bags, of, like trash bags, and it's... Seriously? Yeah. Look, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's like eight trees in our neighborhood, and they're all like not even in our yard. They just hang over our yard, <laughs> and they just... I, there's there's still like... Our yard is totally shaded still, but I've already bagged six bags, like six trash hmm. bags. You need to pile them up yeah. and let your dog dive right into it. Oh, she eats them. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> so that's why I have to bag them up because she'll 
eat them and get into crap she shouldn't get into. So. Yeah, that's a dog for you. That's a puppy. And the Boiler Breakdown is also brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Uh, Webb's, be on the lookout because Webb's is going to be providing uh, flu shots by appointment very soon. So keep on lookout for that. Uh, Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call today. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. And also should mention they are boiler owned and operated. All right, fellas, any closing thoughts? We didn't even talk about the drum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those uh, golden domes. Any, any, any Purdue alumni have a helicopter. <laughs> I saw some suggestions about, like, Dumbo dropping it in, and I think that would be amazing. So, basically, somebody tell the listeners who don't know what's Go going ahead. on what's going on. Yeah, uh, so, Purdue's – the world's largest marching drum, Purdue's – pretty iconic drum over a hundred years old, I believe has been at every single football game since 1979, I believe. Whenever the band goes, it's when, when yes. Okay. Goes. Sorry. That's what it is. Whenever the band goes, they've been at every, they've been with every performance. That's yep. what it is. They've been yep. every performance since 1979. Yep. Uh, apparently Notre Dame is not letting the drum or the marching band use the main tunnel and they have to use the visitor tunnel, which the drum will not fit in. So Notre Dame says the drum can't come. It fit the last seventy years. Yeah, I was like, um, they've played there since yeah, yeah since nineteen seventy nine. They've played there a lot of, of times, and it's just, been there. So just pompous asses up there. I'm sorry, I just can't. Stand them. <laughs> you said what I wanted to say, so I I, I'll take it. I'll t- I, I can't stand them. They have their own. They're on NBC. <clears throat> I I want to change my pick. <laughs> I'm getting fired up. <laughs> I'm getting fired. It's dumb. Yeah, it's like, come on. I mean, obviously, there's probably been some change in whoever makes that decision in the, in the athletic department or facilities. I'm not sure who makes that decision, but I'd like to write them a strongly worded letter or email. Yep. If I find yep. out who it is. so I want to get the shillelagh back, boys. I hope I'm wrong. How big is that trophy? I know the cannon's tiny. I never saw it in person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see it like, carried the off the field. The cannon's tiny, but... but the cannon's heavy. Um, I want to say the shillelagh was only like, I don't know, it's not very, very big, mm. but it'd be nice to get that one. It'd be nice to get all three this mm. year. Cannon's the only one that's in uh, Purdue's hands right now. So, but uh, if you don't have any more uh, comments or last minute remarks, let's uh, boiler up, hammer down, and uh, beat the Irish. POTFI. Well said, Webby. I haven't brought that back in a while. It's back now. Yeah, seriously. So. Yeah. Boiler up, hammer down, P-O-T-F-I, and uh, beat the Irish.